Hey friend, Graham Baldwin here with The Speaker Lab. Hey, wouldn't it be nice if someone gave you the exact process to find and book more speaking gigs in 2024? That'd be nice, right? Well, I'll tell you what, we're just gonna do that for you. We've created a new 18-page guide based on Dan Irvin's process that helped him actually book over $100,000 in speaking gigs in the past year. Now, Dan is one of our uh, team members here. He's this, a very successful speaker and also one of our coaches. And so you're gonna learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, proposal emails, and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps. Again, that's plural, thespeakerlab.com slash steps. We're going to send you that PDF guide right to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps. That's it. That's all you got to do. Go there. Hey, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, my friends? Graham Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. We are glad that you're here, honored that you're joining us, and uh, excited to welcome you to episode 227. Before we get to today's guest, we are doing something a little bit different on today's episode. We're going to do for the next few episodes. I think you're going to dig. But uh, before we do that, I want to remind you, if you haven't attended one of our upcoming free trainings where we're teaching you all about how to find and book paid speaking engagements, giving you a step-by-step plan, step-by-step system for exactly how to do that, then you want to make sure you register for that by going to freespeakerworkshop.com. Again, that is freespeakerworkshop.com. Again, we do those trainings every single day. We'd love for you to join us. We'd love to help answer your questions and get you pointed in the right direction so you know exactly how to find and book paid speaking engagements. Again, you can find that by going over to freespeakerworkshop.com. So here's what we're doing for the next uh, couple episodes or so. We have uh, reached out to several of our elite students and uh, interviewed them. And instead of just doing like an interview, we're doing more of a coaching call where we're hearing anything that they're struggling with, any areas that they feel stuck with. And uh, basically, we had a conversation kind of coaching them through some some uh, different aspects of their business. And we decided to record the call. And uh, that's what you're going to be hearing today and for the next few episodes. So today, we're going to be uh, talking with Beth English, who again, is one of our elite students. Beth is someone who has like, we kind of talked through her main challenge of just figuring out knowing how to find more gigs and opportunities, which is the main challenge for a lot of speakers. So I think you're really going to enjoy this and, and help it, help you with some, uh, some next action items and next steps. So let's not waste any more time, my friends. Let's get right into this. Here's this uh, conversation with a uh, elite student, Beth English. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, everybody? Grant Baldwin here from the Speaker Lab today, joined by Miss Beth English, who's one of our elite students. And uh, so we're going to be doing a little bit of uh, coaching today. So Beth, thanks for uh, hanging out with us. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. You bet. This will be fun. So first of all, just for some context sake, why don't you give us a quick snapshot, what you do, uh, who you speak to, and what's the problem that you solve for them? I'm an artist and I speak to other artists and leaders in the community to rediscover their creativity. Lately, I've been speaking to leaders in corporate America to help them develop a creative culture in their environment. So how to be more creative, how to lead with a creative mindset. Gotcha. And so how much speaking, just for again, for some context sake, how much speaking have you done? Uh, kind of give us a, a little bit of background on that. Or is it mostly free stuff that you've done or paid stuff? Or what does that look like? I've been mostly doing free stuff and I've done some paid things, but I've been speaking for almost seven years now because I lead a large community online and I host events for the community locally. So I'm always up in front of a group of people speaking about whatever is on my heart that really matters to the audience. Gotcha. So you've been speaking for several years. And then at what point did you decide like, I want to do this or take this more seriously, or I want to do more of this, or I want to get paid for this? Like what was kind of that mental shift for you? 
Well, after I had been speaking, I guess, of five years or so, and I started really getting comfortable, that's when I thought that, wow, I've discovered a gift that I didn't know that I had that I really loved. And yeah. so how do I move forward in this gift that I found that I didn't even realize was something that I wanted to do? And so I guess for the last year and a half or so, I've been thinking more seriously about it. So before I joined the elite program, I'd been listening to your podcast and went ahead and started filming all of the different events I was speaking at and taking photos because I knew I was going to have to use that content when we, when I would eventually join the program. Gotcha. So you were, it sounds like you've been doing speaking for a while. You've kind of been dabbling in it, but why not just keep doing that? Like what, at what point were you kind of like, I want to go all in on with this because some people will do that. Just kind of like, I like dabbling with it. It's just kind of, it is what it is. It's fun. I enjoy it, but I don't necessarily want it or need it to be something more. So why did you decide that speaking needed to be, or should be something bigger for you personally and professionally? There was nothing else that I did that I felt so at ease. Like I just felt like I was naturally in my God-given gift when I was up speaking to an audience and holding space for them for an extended period of time. I just felt like this is where I, exactly where I need to be, cool. but I wanted to do more of it. Right. So beyond right. just the community I led, I wanted to do it for other organizations and associations and speak and get the message out there to more people than just my local community. And I know you found yourself kind of, it sounds like in a spot where a lot of speakers that listen to the podcast or people that we work with find themselves in of just like, I love doing this. I want to do more of this. I have no idea what to do next and no idea where do I go from here. And everything that I've booked thus far has been random stuff that's just kind of either fallen in my lap or, you know, some referrals or some word of mouth. And it makes it a little bit more difficult to reverse engineer some of that stuff. And so it's just kind of been like, it's kind of happenstance that things have happened thus far and I want to do more of it. And I don't know what to go from here. Is that basically where you've been? Yeah, I would say, you know, I really started loving it and I knew that I wanted to do more of it, but I wasn't exactly sure how to. Right. And I know as, you know, I've been developing my career as an, as an artist, as a painter, that any coaching or outside work that I would do to help build my business always paid off. Like, it was so much easier to work with someone who knew exactly what they were doing than to try and figure it out for myself. So when it came to this point where I was starting something new, like getting paid to speak, I knew that I had to join the program because it would just save me all that time and energy trying to figure it out on my own. And I knew like that I would accelerate in the program much faster than I would not. So that's why I was so eager to join. Right. Cool. Awesome. All right. Let's dig into where you're at currently. So what do you feel like is your biggest challenge? And I know, you know, we do multiple group calls a week. I know that you're on a lot of those. So I know that we've talked a little bit about this beforehand, but this is a chance for us to kind of dig into this kind of publicly for everyone. So what do you feel like is some of your, what is your biggest challenge right now with your speaking business? I would say honing in exactly in on the audience that I can book paid gigs with. Okay. I know that the audience I want to reach isn't maybe necessarily the artist, I, I mean, the audience I've been serving, because I've been serving the artist community and I've been speaking to artists run groups and museums and artist nonprofits. And I haven't been paid to do any of that work, but the work that I have been paid to do was with a corporate company. And I feel like that's not traditionally the artist that I, I mean, the audience that I started with, but mm -hmm. I know that 
they're an audience I want to connect more with because I believe that they need that fresh creative mindset maybe more than the audience I've currently been serving. And really the mission is just to help people connect with their creative mindset. Gotcha. Okay. So one of the things that, you know, we've talked a lot about is just because there's a, an industry or a topic that you're interested in or passionate about doesn't necessarily mean that there's a market for that, or it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a market that has funding or enough funding or enough opportunities to make it make sense for you. So one of the things that you mentioned is you'd come from an artist background. You are an an extremely talented artist. I've seen some of your work. And so you've built a, a great community there, but artists are also notorious for being, how would we put it gently? Very low budget. <laughs> Very low budget is a friendly way of putting it, right? And so it sounds like a lot of the speaking that you've done in that art community so far, you enjoy speaking to them and you enjoy, you resonate with them and click with them, but there's just not as many paid opportunities or the pay just isn't enough to justify the, you know, the work or the effort that you're doing. Would that be fair? Yes, I would say so. And from my research, it seems like a lot of the conferences that I was looking to pitch myself to Um, also don't pay their speakers. And it's probably not true for all of them, but I have started to learn just a lot more about like just artists and business models and how to connect with that. And I feel like I don't want to miss out on those opportunities or those experiences with that group. But I also know that there's probably a whole nother world of people that I could be reaching with this message that do have budgets, that do have exactly what it is that I need to be able to build a career and a business around what I'm passionate about. Cool. And a lot of this comes back to kind of your, what your big picture goals are for speaking, right? And this is something we've talked a lot about is that if you'd say, Hey, I just want to speak to artists because I'm passionate about artists and I'm passionate about speaking. And I have this whole other side of my art business that funds my life. And I don't necessarily need speaking in order to make ends meet. It's just a passion thing. And I want to do it, you know, locally in just a few gigs a year, then that is totally fine versus it's something totally different to say, I would love to speak more, you know, let's say 30, 40, 50 times a year. And I want this to be a big part of my my business's revenue, my personal income, in which case that kind of changes things, right? So being clear for you on what is the goal for speaking. So let's, let's dig into that for a second. What do you feel like the goal is for speaking? And how do you feel like speaking fits into what you're doing? I love speaking and I love sharing what it is that I know about accessing creativity and how it helps people to live a more joyful life. And I really am, could talk about this all day long about just how art is as the doorway into expression. And we all have a desire to express ourselves, whether that's in painting or writing or singing. And that's a wonderful way for the mind, body, spirit, I believe, to be in harmony is when we're exercising our creative mind. Right, right. So how do you take something like that, though? And what have you done to figure out what opportunities then exist for you to speak about something like that? Well, when people reach out to me, and that's mostly how I've come across uh, my speaking gigs is uh, word of mouth and people reaching out to me, then we just have a, a conversation about what it is that they need and what it is that I can do to serve them. And so what I've discovered is that people want to be able to bring creativity into their company, into their group or organization and find a way to lead with creativity so that everyone's able to collaborate better. And then that way we're creating an ecosystem within a company that's going to be 
a place where people are more productive, they have a clearer vision, and they're just overall happier in their jobs. So um, that's sort of what I've been speaking to. How did you decide or, or how have you kind of come to this pivot of, again, the bulk of what you've done historically has been with creatives, with artists and doing things that may be for free or lower budgets to deciding that you want to do something more with corporations or something that may have potential, potentially bigger budget. So how did you kind of arrive at, at wanting to make that pivot? Well, I know that all humans are born creative. And artists have already discovered that and are using their creative gifts. But say you're working for a company and you have these creative gifts that have been maybe lying dormant for years. And this is just a way for me to reawaken everyone's creativity that they have so that they can fully understand what they're capable of if they just practice a certain way of being, which is that's what I teach is how to access creativity, how to step into being open to receive insight and intuition. And that's sort of how I lead into it. So it's not about helping artists be better artists. It's more about helping humans be better at accessing creativity. And so one of the things that we talk about is the importance of, of really narrowing down and being very specific on who you speak to and what you speak about. So yes, you're right that you may be passionate on the topic of, I want to help humans unlock, you know, their inner creativity or their inner potential. But as you know, as you've heard us say on on many calls that trying to speak to humans doesn't work. So how do you take a topic like that? What have you done to kind of narrow down and figure out, okay, this is what I'm passionate about, big, big, big picture and a massive, massive audience and narrow down to a small segment. What have you done there? Well, just through my research and through like just my experiences, I've realized that, you know, there's corporations are really needing this in their environments. And so just through the fact that I've been working in that space, just probably in the last six to eight months, that there's a lot of opportunity there. And then connecting with the people in those corporations just to see how it impacts them has been really rewarding because I understand the value with someone who maybe doesn't think that they're creative. And so I just really enjoyed connecting with the people because they find what it is that I teach so interesting and I find sharing it with them so impactful. So it's just been a wonderful experience and I just want to go more in that direction. And I know from just, again, some of the conversations we've had, there's a gig that you did recently that was a, a gig that you came away from feeling like I got paid really well. It was, um, it went really well. The topic, the audience, like it just checked all of the boxes. So can you talk a little bit about that gig and what that was and how it even came to be? Yes. So a friend of mine who represents my artwork, she's sort of my um, art dealer. She is really well connected in the business community. And they were asking her for a recommendation for a speaker who is also an arts leader who could bring some creativity and some community connection into an organization. And so, of course, she was like, I know the perfect person for you. And then from there, we had some great brainstorming sessions on the phone and discovered that we wanted to see how creativity impacted leadership. And so that's what the talk was focused on. How do we enable people to believe that they're leaders and that their leadership skills will be strengthened if they practice a creative mindset? Gotcha. So you have a friend that recommends you, Mm -hmm. you go do the gig and 
tell us, A, how did the talk go? Uh, how did it resonate? How did it click? How did you feel about it? But then two, if I, if I remember correctly, and you don't have to give us numbers if you don't want to, but is that the most that you had been paid as a speaker for that particular gig? Yes, it is the most I was paid. And the talk went great. And I felt like I really connected with the women in the room because it was an all-female event. And it was followed by a facilitation that I did and able to like get the participants in the room to connect with one, one another. So there was some collaboration involved and then there was some sharing. And so everyone had a chance to sort of participate. And I think that was one of the key things is that we kind of got out of our shells. We were talking about creativity. We were sharing what we resonate with. We were doing some reflection exercises. And then in the end, all the people were so open and happy and willing to share more about, oh, well, I like to paint a little, or I like to do this, or, you know, they're able to share their creative gifts where maybe that's intimidating to start to share what it is that you like to do in your free time when you're supposed to be an accountant or, you know, a a strategic planner. And so that was really cool to see people's masks come off a little bit and then able to be more human and be more connected to their own gifts. So there's two things that you said there I want to touch on. One was that this this gig came from a friend and it came from a referral who they knew that this you know company was looking for a speaker and she immediately thought of you. And so the importance of making sure that everyone in your world knows that you're a speaker. And even if you you know even if you think of people who are like, well, you know, my mom's not hiring speakers, right? But she may know someone who's looking for a speaker. And there's plenty of those people in our world who work at companies, who are involved on, on committees or boards or are in, involved in some way, maybe indirectly, in mean, needing to recommend a speaker, right? And so what you're trying to do is make sure that you are top of mind. So that exact situation that happened for you happens multiple times and for multiple events. That every time someone in your sphere of influence finds an organization or group or an event that is looking for a speaker that they think of you. So making sure that you let people know, and it sounds simple, but a lot of people just don't let other people know that you're a speaker and this is what you do and this is who you speak to and this is what you speak about and the problem that you solve for them. So if people don't know you're a speaker, when they know of opportunities, they're not going to think of you. So just make sure that everyone in your world knows. And that could be via social media. It could be even just via an email. Like if you just went through who are 50 people in your world or 100 people in your world and just shoot a quick email to them of like, hey, I've started doing more speaking. Here's my website. Here's my video. If you come across anything or if you if there's anything that you're personally involved in that you think I could be a fit for, please let me know or I'd love to have a conversation or something to that effect. Just again, put it on people's radar so hopefully that they will think of you. So it sounds like that's a bit of what you did with this guy. And it sounds like she's you know close with you, works with you in your, in your in the art side of the business. So she was aware that you were doing more speaking. Would that be fair? Right. And I had just done a big speaking event at the gallery space that I was showing in for a big project I was doing to promote joy in the community. And I had just done that event and then was booked for the paid gig. And I would say just in the last six months of me posting more photos of me speaking, talking to people online about me speaking, I've already been getting emails from people just asking me to speak for them. So I felt like you're right on when it comes to letting people know that this is what you're doing. And also your advice last week about how do we take what worked and then multiply that 
I've already been reaching out to the people that I know and emails are coming back with names and ways to contact them. And so I feel like, you know, that helps shift my perspective a little bit and then put me on a trajectory that's already paying off. Cool. And that was the second thing I was going to mention for, you know, for your sake and for everybody's sake is that if you've done a bunch of gigs before, and let's say some of on maybe different topics or different audiences, some of them were free, some of them were paid to think back through, and this is just a good exercise for any speaker at any level, but to think back through what was the, the, the one or two or three that you look at and you're like, that event was amazing. Like it just, again, it checked all the boxes. The audience was great. The topic was a perfect fit. It paid well. It just, again, all the things that I would be looking for, for based on my goals as a speaker, it checked all those boxes. So this sounds like for you, this particular event was that event, right? It did check all those boxes. So then with that in mind, let's try to reverse engineer. And how do we find more events like that, right? So it could be like, what can you tell us about because the company that you spoke for is a big company, probably thousands of employees, and you spoke to a group of how many? Probably about uh, 50 women. Okay. So again, we're not talking about like, uh, like a fraction of a percent of the whole company, right? And so sometimes, especially within those big corporations, it can be hard to know where do those subsets of groups exist. But again, let's take what you have done, the one that you know, like, hey, I did this, this worked, this went, went really well. Where are other groups like that within other companies or corporations. So what do you recall on, you had the friend that introduced you, but who was the person at the company that ultimately hired you? What was the the department or their title or their role? Or is there any specifics around the event itself? What can you tell us on that? Well, it was a women's networking event. So the person who hired me was actually on the committee for the organization. So she wasn't even necessarily an event planner or someone who did that regularly at the company. But because we had such a great experience and we kept in touch and built a friendly relationship, she was willing to say, who else can I connect you with? Can I get you names and emails? Please let me know. Like just overly willing to connect because she just felt like it was such a great thing that we did together. Cool based on her role, so she was on this committee, but was her role like in HR or what was her normal position? Her normal role was a strategic planner. Okay. Gotcha. Within this company? Within the company, yes. Okay. Gotcha. Um, And so you you said a couple things there just to, again, touch on is each event that you do, and again, we've, we've kind of talked about this a little bit in some of our other calls, but each event that you do whatever you can to connect with that decision maker or that event planner or whoever it may be, because they're oftentimes connected with other event planners or other committees. And that could be externally. So like in this situation, maybe she knows other people and other companies that have a similar type of role or people that are, you know, kind of colleagues to her. But it's also like we mentioned, this is a big, big company and a big, big organization. And you spoke to, you know, a very small percentage of the entire company. So there may be other kind of these subgroups and sub events that may be happening, whether it's an internal thing or more of a networking event or something to that effect, that they may be looking for a speaker as well. And you may have multiple opportunities within the same company speaking to a bunch of different audiences. And so I, I know I shared that with you um, before that I, I've had that happen with State Farm Insurance. So a few years ago, I spoke at their, their national headquarters. And after speaking, someone else from a different department happened to be in there. And they said, hey, can you come speak to our group on, on this? I said, yeah, we can totally do that. So I ended up speaking there multiple times over a couple of years, just because 
anytime someone is hiring a speaker, they're taking a risk. But if someone can see you speak or someone that they know or trust has seen you speak and can recommend you. So if the gal that you worked with can go to some of her colleagues and friends and said, hey, we had Beth come in and speak to our team. She killed it. She did awesome. Then it makes it much more of a low pressure situation for someone else to want to work with you or hire you. So a couple of things you could do. As again, and I know you've taken some steps on this, but to try to figure out, are there other organizations or other people that you know or that are in your world or that you could look into that would have a similar position or a similar role to that person that you worked with? So that'd be one thing. The other thing too, is like you mentioned, is going back to your original contact and asking them for recommendations. You know, And this is all predicated on you doing a good job, but if you do a great job, oftentimes they want to recommend you. They want to refer you. And this is, I remember, I think we talked about this last week on our call, but think about like a, a good restaurant or a good movie or a good TV show. You know, if you discover something that's amazing, you want to tell other people about it, right? Because if, if you tell other people about it and then they vouch that, wow, it is amazing. That, that restaurant was awesome. That movie or that Netflix show or whatever was really, really good then it, it does something for us personally, right? And so we want to be able to share things that are valuable and share things that are good. So if you do a good job and she shares you with other people and then you show up and do a great job there, then again, it, it's a win for her. So all that to say, are there some people, you mentioned like in the past week, since we talked about that last week, have there been some people that you've kind of come across or even just reached out to that would be doing something similar that may be interested in, in bringing you in? I, you know, totally was refocused after our conversation last week and you know beyond just my leads list that I created there's also this personal network that I have developed and I may be doing something new but I need to tell them about it so I started thinking about all the people in my personal network that I should reach out to and send links to to my website and things and they've already been emailing me back with people that they're thinking of and I truly believe that there's opportunity all around us. It's just a matter of knowing where it is and how to develop it because you just never know where one recommendation is going to lead to another recommendation. And it just makes sense to continue nurturing those relationships over time. And so one of the things that I did with the last event was I photographed the entire thing. I wrote a nice little blog about each step what people can expect if that was um, something that they were going to purchase for their company. They kind of know ahead of time what to expect step by step and they're able to share that link. And it also shows what it is that I've already done and how well it unfolded. And so they're the company I did this for are going to share it within their entire company. So that should be a great way. And then of course there's a, you know, if you'd like to hire me to speak at the bottom, this is how you go about doing that. So just awesome. trying to like catch every opportunity where I can. Yep. Very cool. So two other things that you said that, that I, wanna, I wanted to touch on. One was one of the things we've talked a lot about is how much speaking is a momentum business, right? When you're getting started, it feels like pushing a boulder uphill and it is brutal. And you just feel like I'm doing everything I can and I'm putting all my energy and effort into it. And it feels like I'm just making micro steps of progress, right? But over time with each gig that you book and each time that you speak, 
you, you build some momentum, right? You build some track record there. And so the speakers that have been at it for a long time, they still have to continue to put effort in it and keep that flywheel going. But you do start to build some momentum that it gets much, much simpler and much, much easier because of those relationships that you've built with other organizations or other clients. So you've already started that process that's starting to, to make a difference for you. The other thing too that I would commend you on, I think is important for any speaker, is to have a process. So you mentioned that that it'd be one thing if you you, know, you showed up, you did a good job, and it's just kind of like, okay, I'm done. So now I just sit back and hopefully someone reaches out to me and hopefully someone contacts me. But instead, you've made a list of other potential people, you've reached out to those people, you've followed up with those people, and you've created a process and a system that you are then implementing and following up with so that you're staying top of mind so that when someone is ready to book a speaker, that they're thinking of Beth, Right. And so just having those systems in place makes, makes such a difference. So now that you're starting to reach out to people, what is some of the feedback that you're hearing or what, are, what do you feel like are some of your next steps? Definitely continue following up. I've sent a lot of my very initial emails about, you know, when do you start booking or are you the right person to connect with? And your swipe files are great. They've been working mm-hmm. really well. I've, cool. Everyone's been emailing me back. So that's wonderful. And continuing to just keep an eye on the calendar, keep an eye on the events that I'm really interested in and just you know, revisit it every single day and say, okay, what can I do today? And who can I connect with? And I think the most exciting thing about this process that was unrealized to me was how much I was going to enjoy connecting with all of these new people who many of them care about the exact same things I care about. And so it feels like I'm not just pitching myself or trying to sell myself as a product. I'm actually building relationships around the things that I value, that they value. And then it just makes the work that we do seem just that much more rich. Right. And that's where even coming back to the original piece of being clear on what's the problem that you solve for that audience. So if you know that you're speaking to a company that's dealing with, you know, they're they're struggling with creativity and this is the way we've always done things and we can't break out of that shell and they recognize and realize that that is a problem and they're looking for a solution and you're able to provide that solution then it's nothing that you should feel bad about or guilty about. You have a problem, I have a solution, and I can help you to solve that problem, right? Which is a really, really good symbiotic relationship there. So where do you feel like as you're building and going, like right now you feel some momentum, you are continuing to make progress. How do you keep from getting discouraged or how do you keep from getting overwhelmed or how do you also balance this? Because it's something you're trying to build while also keep maintaining your, the art side of your business and just like your own life. So how are you balancing everything as well? That's a great question. You know, I've been an entrepreneur for the last 10 years. So I feel like that process of just being in it every day has really helped prepare me for this because it it just seems like a natural fit into what I'm doing next with my business. And as far as just keeping a balance, I mean, I just try to make sure that I am feeling well, that my energy is high, that I am staying healthy eating habits, healthy sleep habits. And, um, you know, I love to go out in the woods. So I do that as well. But I mean, anytime you're trying to grow something, you have to be 
in a place that is like fertile soil. And mm -hmm. so how do I keep myself in a place like that? And so I don't try to exhaust myself. If I like listen to my body and it tells me to stop or rest and I will, and I just try to compartmentalize all of the tasks that I have ahead without letting them stress me out. It's like, okay, I'm going to focus just on this and then I'm going to focus just on this. And then I just keep um, implementing that with all the things that I do. I think it's a joy to be able to get up every day and design how I want my day to flow. And that's yeah. kind of the business that I've already built, the kind of life that I've wanting to live. And so it's just a natural extension of the life that I've already kind of like been cultivating for myself. It's, I dig it. Uh, very it's cool. so much fun. It is. It's work, but it's also extremely rewarding. And so, you know, being able to do this and being able to make an impact and, and share a message with people that you know is making a difference and helping them is extremely, it's, it's very hard, but it's also very rewarding and worth the, worth the effort for sure. But I have to say a lot of the momentum, I think is coming from the fact that I truly believe that I deserve to be paid for what it is that I have to share. Yeah. I think like the confidence issue can hold a lot of people back. And a lot of that is what I even speak on when it comes to accessing your creativity. How do you kind of allow fear to guide you, but not necessarily dictate who you are and what you're capable of? And so because I've already faced that and, and talk about that when it comes to creating art and selling art, I feel like it also applies to my ability to believe that I can speak and I can share and I can do all these things I want to do, that the only thing holding me back is my own mindset. Very good. Well, Beth, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, share your story and journey and uh, let us kind of talk through uh, behind the curtain of how you're building things. So if people want to find out more about you and what you're up to, where can we go? You can go to my website at bethenglish.com and that's B-E-T-H-I-N-G-L-I-S-H. And there you'll find links to my Instagram and Facebook and uh, send me an email and let's chat. I love connecting with new people and I uh, would love to talk to you if you want to talk to me. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Good stuff, Beth. We appreciate the time. Thank you, Grant. All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Miss Beth English. She's a, a phenomenal artist there. But like a lot of speakers, uh, just as you have trouble in that challenge of figuring out how you find more gigs, more opportunities, I hope today's conversation not only helped Beth, but I hope it helped you. And so again, if you'd like for us to uh, to help you in your speaking business, in fact, if you'd like, if you're interested in the Elite Program, then uh, you can actually apply to talk with our team by going over to thespeakerlab.com slash apply. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash apply. And uh, we have time slots available just about every single day, but a limited number of slots. So if you want one of those, feel free to apply. And we'd love to talk with you about what it would look like uh, for you to join the Elite Program. So uh, again, that wraps up episode 227. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll catch you next time. You're awesome. <laughs>